Greetings, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me on Satiate today. I'm Sue Van Rees, functional nutritionist, food psychology specialist, author, and founder of Boulder Nutrition here in Boulder, Colorado. I also lead women's wellness and yoga retreats, both locally and internationally. Food has so much power. Power to nourish, to strengthen, and to connect us to one another. That said, it's a true rarity to find a woman today who is at peace with her plate, with how she eats, how she looks, and how she feels in her body. Satiate is here to engage in meaningful conversation about what it really means to have food and body freedom, to show up in life as who you really are, to trust yourself tracking the intelligent design of your body, and to prosper with embodied self-care in doing so. Satiate offers you functional nutrition and food psychology insights, some of my favorite special guests and experts from all over the world, and some personal insights and anecdotes that can act as salve for your soul. If you love this podcast, I would be so grateful if you head over to iTunes, subscribe, and leave a review. That way, you'll be sure to be alerted when new episodes are published and help me spread the word so that other women in need can find their way to this important conversation. Thank you so much for being here today, and I hope you enjoy today's episode of Satiate. Before we dive into today's conversation, I want to take a moment and introduce to you Joelle Hahn, also known as the Brooklyn Book Doctor. Joelle is an award-winning writer and book coach who has developed books for top publishers on self-transformation, activism, spirituality, wellness, finance, business, and more. She has worked with world-changing CEOs, spiritual masters, humanitarian activists, and many others. She came to New York City as a poet and, to her surprise, landed a job in publishing. I've had the great honor of working with Joelle privately and in her incredible masterminds, including her very well-renowned program called Book Proposal Academy, helping authors write very highly achieved book proposals to match up with exactly what publishers are looking for these days. I also want to report that since Joelle and I recorded this episode just a couple of weeks ago, I was able to hit a new milestone in my publishing journey, which is to sign with a wonderful publisher and editor that are highly aligned with my mission to publish my next book, which has been a journey in itself. And I am so excited to share and celebrate with you as this process has been an incredible one of growth and self-discovery for me. I hope you enjoy today's conversation with Joelle Hahn, the Brooklyn Book Doctor. Hey, Sue. Hey, Joelle. It's so good to see you and it's so good to be with you. 
Likewise, I'm really excited for our conversation today. I can't wait to talk about our work and your work and food and all the things. I know, me too. It's so it's so lovely that we can um, be together and kind of bring this conversation to light. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. I thought it would be a great idea for us to talk a little bit about your process as a book writer. And maybe you can tell us uh, the moment that you reached out to, to work with me or to see if we could work together. Where were you at that moment? Yeah, that was a feeling like a little while ago. Wow. Um, time flies in the book world because it goes very <laughs> slow. <laughs> um, yes. So I have been working with this book for a good while and it started out obviously like, um, where I just had the, the, the moment of like, I have to do this. Like I have to write this book. And then, you know, soon afterwards, the reality of, okay, well, that means I have to write a book proposal, (laughs) (laughs) which is actually a really different vibe than what you originally might experience when you decide that you need to share something with the world in a big way. So Um, so I, I did take a good stab at that on my own and I had done some research and I had, you know, talked to some friends that were in the book world and, um, I had really like tried to do it on my own without really much other coaching. And, um, and while there was a lot of learning in that process, like a lot of things, I think when we try to spearhead our own journey without the right support it becomes quite an interesting process, (laughs) (laughs) you know, just like learning from our mistakes and kind of figuring it out. And and I really um, actually was referred to you by a friend of mine and, and it, and it was really a great feeling of, wow, like there's actually someone out there who can help me with this. And yeah, I reached out to you and I guess the rest is history, really. But (laughs) we took my current attempt at writing a book proposal and we really did a lot of revamping and restructuring. And it was so incredibly helpful. (laughs) It's so interesting what you're saying, because I think this is a very common journey, but not one that's really talked about very much, which is you have the passion or the knowledge that you're going to write a book. And you know what's going to be in it because it's something you teach or it's something you're talking about with clients all the time, or it's a story that keeps coming up and people keep saying, oh my gosh, you have to write that. That is such a book that's a, that I can't stop listening to this. And you think, yeah, I'm really going to do this now. I, I, feel, I feel the impulse and also... I've always kind of wanted to have a book or it's always made sense for my business or any number of reasons. And then you set off down the path and you think, you know what? I liked, I liked writing when I got time to do it more in high school or college or just after college. And I'd love to do that again. That sounds fun. And, and it just makes sense. And then people step out onto the journey And sometimes what can happen is people start writing a lot and then they think, wait a second, how am I going to get this to publishers? Or they have friends who have published books and they can talk to them and their friends say, oh yeah, well, you need a proposal um, if you're going to talk to agents and editors. And then 
there can be a pause of, okay, I'm, I'll just do this thing. And then, you know, we'll get back on track to the real thing, which is writing the manuscript pages. So that's a, that obviously writing a book has many different iterations. People come at it from many different ways, but this is one way I've seen happen quite a lot. And so you're right on track. <laughs> well, that's some good news. Um, I was reflecting actually on one of the things that you sent out recently, um, you know, something that you were sending out to your, your email list. And it had something to do with essentially book writing is a journey where the, the people who succeed, succeed because they keep trying. And <laughs> I don't know if that's an exact quote, but um, it was really helpful for me because, you know, I think we have to remember that as we're learning on this journey, that it takes some fortitude and it takes some like diligence um, to get through all these different layers of the process and which go far and beyond what's in the book. Totally. It's a <laughs> whole education. That's yeah, why it's, it's hard to do it by yourself. You know, what you did you did your research and then you put together a proposal that's actually more than a lot of people do like you took it pretty far by yourself and the reason people don't do it is because publishing is not a super transparent industry it's hard to know what the requirements are and it's hard to know even if you found a, a book template a book proposal template it's hard to know well like is this what people want do people want yeah. to hear it from this angle or am i am i getting this right um Someone recently described writing a book, writing a book is you being the author, but writing the proposal is like you being a copywriter. It's like you looking back at your book and saying, well, let me tell you about the book. And um, that when you go into writing a book, the proposal part just doesn't seem like it's needed, but it's so fundamental. Like, don't you feel like when you completed your proposal, you had also a different view on other pieces of the work you were doing in your business, like things sort of came into focus in other ways as well. Absolutely. Because first of all, writing a proposal for me was incredibly clarifying. So while a lot of what I was doing in my work was, you know, what we called my protocol, it didn't have as much structure and clarity to it in the way that it does now because of the proposal. And I think also when we start thinking in that strategic, almost like business plan kind of genre, it changes um, how we look at other things within our business because we're looking at you know, the return on things. We're looking at our readers and our listeners and we're looking at this as more of a business rather than simply the, the desire to share this knowledge that we, you know, that writers want to share, whether that be story or, or nonfiction or whatever it is. So in a sense, even if, you know, um, something never actually came to fruition in the end with this book, the proposal writing absolutely changed how I see my work and how I show up for my work in a sense, 
because that clarity is priceless. And um, yes, so. Isn't that fabulous? It's so fabulous. And also, you know, it's a, a process. It's a real process. Yes, it's a real process. It's a really valuable process. And it's sort of hidden from view from people. It can feel like, yeah. what does this even have to do with my book? But it's, like you said, super clarifying. And that piece you were saying before about how it requires determination, that's what I like to think about as the point of transformation, where you're at this place where you feel like either I don't want to do this, or I don't like this, or can I do this? You're questioning it. And when you find that resource within yourself to go forward, even though you have that feeling, there is a moment, it can be big, can be small, of transformation. And I see it with clients of mine in my program, Book Proposal Academy, there's always some place where people start to face that thing that they don't want to do or they don't like or they're resisting. And the ones who... Um, see the resistance or their dislike, they allow it to happen. And then maybe they take a breath or two, but then they, they go forward in spite of it. Those are the ones who really get on board with their book and who tend to have success when they take it out, meaning they finish the proposal and they start pitching the proposal and they start having conversations with agents and hopefully also with publishers. But there is that moment of transformation uh, or like re-upping the commitment that happens. Mm -hmm. um, and, mm -hmm. and really it's like, it, it's uncomfortable for the person, but I see it as really exciting because it's when you go from being someone who wants to write a book to being someone who is writing a book, like you're in it. Absolutely. And I think one of the aspects of seeking a traditional publisher and taking this whole journey really what you have been so integral in my process. Like I keep thinking like, why am I doing this? Right. It's, it's optional kind of <laughs> not from a soul <laughs> perspective, but from a, you know, what to do with my time perspective. And the thing that really keeps also coming back is like, I know, and it really speaks to what you're saying. I know that within this journey, like, I feel like I'm in some kind of food processor like just <laughs> going through it and who knows what's going to come out the other side. Like when you're cooking and you don't know exactly what you're going to end up with for dinner and you kind of trust the process. But for me, it's like so many levels of growth because this is all new, you know, right. and, and so that transformation process and that kind of really seeing where my resistance shows up and how to handle it. And then having somebody being like, oh, hey, Sue, have you done that assignment that you were gonna work on since we last <laughs> spoke? And you know, having a little bit of accountability around it helps as well. But, but really like looking your resistance in the eyes, like directly and being like, move over, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> Um, it's, you know, and I, I too believe we need to sometimes sit with it. And I do usually give myself some time, whether it's a couple days or a couple weeks, depending on, you know, what it is we're actually speaking of, but resistance, you know, has some power over us if we're not paying attention and it can really side swipe. And all of a sudden you're like, kind of, you know, 
steamrolled by it if you're not what, careful or if wondering, I'm careful. Right. Wondering if you're doing the right thing. I can imagine that it's something like Oh, if you wanted to pick up a new food habit or you want to start cooking, if you hadn't started, if you didn't cook or didn't feel comfortable in the kitchen, or if you wanted to um, go from eating one way to eating another way, and you set this intention for yourself wherever you are, and then you start assembling your tools and you get to a certain point where you think I'm ready to go, except can I do this? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I think any place in our life that we're coming up against anything new or unfamiliar or uncomfortable, and that definitely happens around our relationship to food, definitely happens in the publishing journey, <laughs> definitely <laughs> happens in so many realms, but exactly. I mean, I talk to my clients all the time about resistance and I talk to my clients all the time about, you know, their underlying drive and desire because that's the fuel, right? That's the fuel for this process of growing through a, a shift or a change or an inner transformation. But if, if anybody knows how to do that without coming up against the resistance, I would surely love to know. Right. I, I haven't seen it, nor have I experienced it. Right. Right. But I have started to get really comfortable with like my, like really recognizing when that's taking over and then really deciding like, who's going to have the power, me or the resistance, you know, which is right. huge. That, that is so huge. Yeah. And that's so important. And that takes a lot of skillfulness actually to get there. Take some practice for sure. <laughs> Take some practice. So we work together doing one-on-one -on -one coaching from 2020 to 2021, something in there. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you were you were sending around your proposal. You, you mm -hmm. got a finished draft and you were sending it around. I remember you had like a birthday deadline mm -hmm. at one point. And <laughs> I totally do that to myself, don't I? <laughs> and I know you're a Capricorn like me, so we have very similar birthdays, but also, yes, I had a birthday deadline to finish my proposal, which I met. <laughs> of course you did. And I felt so free from that just because it was like, you know, such a nice, um, a nice timing for me, but yes, then the submission started to agents. Which yeah. is a whole other process, but now you have an agent. Yes, but the same kind of thing. Like, okay, so book proposal writing is one part of the chapter, one of the chapters, right, of book writing. And then submitting to agents is another one, but also a lot of inner work required. Um, yes. Because people don't respond, mm -hmm. um, people reject, mm -hmm. um, you know, and it, and it's, it's an arduous journey of queries <laughs> and just like constantly <laughs> feeling like, okay, this woman looks great, you know, on her photo. <laughs> oh, cool. She likes my, you know, my topics. And then, you know, you just never know. You're like, just really just sending out these queries to the world. Yes. in a way and just waiting to see what happens. Um, yeah, it's funny. The pandemic has really put agents and editors under a lot of pressure because everyone worked on their books during the first part of the pandemic. And so there was so many more submissions to everybody and, and everybody is more snowed under these days, which means that when you're just a person pitching a book, you, you think, is anyone out there? 
is, is anyone listening? And meanwhile, they're, they have these endless inboxes that are just full, full, full all the time they're trying to get through. So yes, it does take some patience to get through that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that was completed for me about nine months after my proposal was completed. And I would say I was pitching pretty actively for like three or four months. And then I took a little break over the summer. I think you probably remember last year because yeah. we were doing a, a mastermind. Yeah. yeah. With your, with your alumni. And yep. that was amazing because that was so supportive and, yes. you know, everybody pitching at the same time or yeah. preparing to was just so incredible to have that level of support um, and yeah. to like share the good news and kind of cry over the bad news. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone thinking in the same direction tends to have a momentum that's bigger than what we can have by ourselves. This is especially true with book work. You think, well, writing a book, pitching a book, that's a solitary thing. It's just me and the words or me and the computer. I just want to get that perfect agent, but actually the people you meet and work with along the way are so integral to your success. I think it must have some, some parallel to if you're cooking for yourself, you know, it's fine and you can enjoy it. But when you're cooking for others or with others, you have a greater reason suddenly to show up and to try the thing and to serve it and to get to the, the place where you finish it and you serve it and the meal is on the table, you know, you have some extra motivation. So it seems like it's a solitary act, but actually in the end, it's quite, it does better when you're social and with other people on the same journey. Yeah, definitely. I've found that, you know, the the community and the accountability combined have yeah. been like just so relevant to this process for me and and you know even recently sharing some things you know that have been coming up and having people who are sort of cheering for you and also giving you some support and maybe like one of my mastermind buddies sent me a you know, uh, a link to, you know, questions to ask publishers, you know, things like that, where yeah. it just felt, you know, like we have each other's back and there's yeah. nothing better than that, especially when we're doing hard things or things that feel hard. That's sure. right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Having that support is, is so key. Um, it's something that we really emphasize in Book Proposal Academy, of course, just for all the reasons I talked about, the support, accountability, the cheering squad, the laughing together over things, the questions of like, what, how does this work? What are you talking about? So that again, it ends up being more than just about making a book or more than just about making a book proposal. It's actually an endeavor that we're in together and just being together through it. Not only do we share resources, but just being together through it helps it become an experience that's just beyond what you're doing by yourself. Um, and we need that, right? Because until you get the book deal, you're wondering if anyone cares about this. And even if you think, oh, I know my stuff and this is really, I don't see it out there. And we, I know people need it because my clients need it. People mm -hmm. tell me how valuable it is. But until you get the book deal and you get that sign off, you can be wondering like, what, you know, is this meaningful to anybody? Is this going to go anywhere? Yeah, absolutely. And the thing that feels really good is looking forward to those times, like looking forward to us meeting together and diving into the content 
us meeting as a group and having, you know, those check-ins and those friendships and those kind of community-based conversations. Um, I always look forward to those. And I always get excited when we can be in community that way with, you know, with a common goal. It just feels so, um, so supportive. And and it's just really actually quite fun. Maybe that's the Capricorn in me, right? I'm just like, bring on the masterminds. <laughs> right, right. Let's work hard together. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, I was going to ask you, but I think you maybe have answered it. What, what did you expect going into book writing? And then what has mm. been the reality of it for you? I think you've been answering that though, but is there anything that strikes you when you think about that? Yeah, I mean... Other than what I mentioned, which is sort of like that book writing would be this sort of inner soulful creative journey. And it is sometimes um, still, there's just a lot more to it, obviously. I, I think the biggest challenges for me, and, and I mean, they're, they're workable, but they are really there. And I'm sure you can relate being in the publishing world for so long. It's very slow. Yes. Um, And that's something, you know, patience, that patience has really been a big um, theme for me in this, in this way. Um, Another, another one is, and I'm sure many of us can relate to this in different ways, but, you know, just full on imposter syndrome, like Mm -hmm. why am like, you know, who would even want to read this book or who even cares or why am I doing this? Um, And maybe I'm not good enough to do it or I don't have enough of this or that, or the skill or the creativity or the words or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and, you know, so that's been interesting just to kind of, I keep coming back to this book is going to find the right people that it can help. Yes. <laughs> and that, that, that really does shift me sometimes out of this feeling of like, yeah. you know, not being this famous person with bi- billions of followers and, you know, you know, kind of like the, uh, the person who is just got the instant book deals or has the instant recognition. Um, and I also, I really find that, um, you know, getting, I mean, for lack of a better word, rejection is an interesting, is an interesting journey. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, some of them hit, hit harder than others, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, the thing is, is I believe it builds resilience and I believe that, you know, I learned something from every submission or every interaction or every, every consideration along this path. Um, but you kind I've had to get a little thicker skinned, if that makes sense, that term, um, yeah. you know, just a little bit, I I've had to build some resiliency within yeah. myself. And, yeah. and of course we know the stories and we've all heard the stories of like, the authors and the filmmakers and those, even those entrepreneurs that started out and got rejected hundreds of times and then, you know, created Star Wars, you know, or something. Right? Yes, exactly. So it's like, you know, there, there's many success stories out there that did not have this, you know, shiny, glossy journey that was so picture perfect. Um, yeah. But it, you know, as, as I said, the transformation, it just keeps coming. Yes. Yeah. It's so true. Marlon James, who won the Pulitzer Prize several years ago, he submitted his 
novel 77 times before it got taken. Now, wow. that's not going to be everyone's story. It was a very long book and he was a first time author from Jamaica, I believe. Um, so those things like first time author, very long book, unknown name, like those things were working against him. But now he's publishing regularly. He's in all the, the literary circles and touring and whatever, you know, like that he had to have that persistence. He had to really believe in himself. And it does, you go through peaks and valleys. That's just the nature of it. It's very hard to keep a high level of uh, motivation, inspiration, and confidence all hundred percent of the time. Part of the author journey is like you said, building that resilience so that you can go through peaks and valleys and don't get uh, deterred from the journey. That's really important. And really just believing that you have something really valuable to offer. It is going to find its home and, and it is an old technology. So it is like boiling beans on the stove, not with your Instapot. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I'm hungry. Oh, I have, I'll boil beans for four hours before I can eat them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And also back to our original, one of our original points, like 77 times. Did you say 77? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many people would have stopped at 20 or right. 10 or even yep. 50? Um, and I think that's really what you were speaking to um, in your writing about book writing, which, you know, was like, you got to keep trying along the path of, you know, kind of yeah. all of those um, missed opportunities. So. Yeah, you gotta keep trying because when you sign with an agent, when you sign your book deal, when you hold that book in your hands, it is such a great feeling. Even mm -hmm. when you print out your proposal, it's done. You're like, I did it. Every time mm -hmm. you have that moment of, I did it. You feel like, wow, there were, there were some moments along the way where I wasn't convinced, but now I'm feeling really good about this. This is so worth it. I'm so proud of myself. And you see how far you've come. That's a great feeling. Absolutely. Yeah. And every, every the thing with this path that I've been on is there's many milestones. I think that's kind of what you're saying. There really is some really rewarding milestones in the process. Absolutely. Um, and one of them is just what I spoke to earlier is clarity. And then having a finished proposal that to work from and having an agent at this point where I have, you know, that level of support going to submissions and yeah. working, you know, through the layers that come up around that process, all of it is, um, you know, definitely one of life's teachers. Yes. <laughs> yes. And learning to see your ideas through someone else's lens. That's also a very, very powerful skill. Oh, absolutely. So one thing we were talking about when we were talking about doing this episode was the mix of creativity and strategy that goes into writing a book. And I was thinking about that in terms of, of, when you're cooking in the kitchen. So I'll talk a little bit about my experience of cooking since I can't imagine the variety of experiences that are out there. Uh, my mother was a really great cook. She was a self-taught cook, but um, followed recipes and she was very into it. I think she really loved being a homemaker and although she did work outside of the home too. Um, and there was this expectation for me as the girl that I would also learn how to cook and I would also pick up these domestic skills, which 
which is a budding feminist enraged me. And then, (laughs) (laughs) and then after college, I started to live alone and I started doing my own cooking. And what I found was that even in my resistance, I had learned skills from her and I knew how to do things just because I was around her in the kitchen. And I knew sort of the process of that she went through and I knew the recipes that she followed. And so I had to approach cooking from a creative place because I, I wanted to do things differently. But then I came to find that I actually really did like following recipes and I really did like figuring out the ways where my creativity came into it. Like, oh, I don't have this ingredient. So I'm just going to substitute this because this is an acid and this is an acid. It'll be fine somehow. You know, maybe you won't, maybe be a little off, but it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. It's going to work. So the strategy part of it was the recipe and the creativity mm-hmm. part of it was knowing how to interpret the recipe or even merge recipes together as I was working so that it could become it could respond to what I had on hand or it could become the thing that I wanted it to become. Um, the, the way I see this working in the book world is that not that there's a recipe, but there are definitely some structures that you can follow when you're writing a book that's very helpful. A lot of people ask me like, how do I start? How do I know which book to start on? How do I know, how do I know how to structure it? And so you need some guideposts to get you going through it. And then you can bring in your creativity into that and bring your flourish. But there are some tools that don't maybe don't seem obvious that are very helpful along the way, like knowing where to start, knowing how to structure it, knowing what to put first and what to put next. You know, mm-hmm. if, you, if you add the salt at the end, it doesn't matter maybe so much, but if you don't saute the garlic first, that maybe is going to affect the whole flavor, you know? So just knowing those kinds of things. Absolutely. And, um, I was thinking about it in this way of building flavor because one of the things that I love to do in the kitchen is kind of recipe-less cooking, which did not always, was not always the case. Like there needed to be a lot of other foundational practices in place for me to be able to do that. And I did learn that from um, one of my best friends and co-facilitators on my Costa Rica retreat, Lauren Lewis, who's a natural chef, and she teaches intuitive cooking, which is so beautiful. And it's interesting because within these opportunities we have to create, um, this process does really remind me of writing because what I start with in one of my favorite and my family's favorite kind of things for me to cook is this wild mushroom gravy. And we'll put it on like, you know, lots of different things, but it goes with many meals and they're always asking me to make it. And it always turns up different because I kind of start with whatever I have and then I taste it and add and taste and add and taste and add. And sometimes I might use miso and other times I mean, I might not have miso, but I might use a splash of white wine instead or something, you know, sour. And within the five flavors, it's really fun to be like, oh, it needs a little more salt. Oh, it needs a bit more sour. Oh, it's a little too sweet or it needs more sweet to balance out the sour or whatever, whatever the, the journey is. Um, and that really, to me, feels like editing, you know, like refining. Yeah. And as similar to you, like I grew up with my both my parents cooking and also with my grandmother's cooking primarily um, in their kitchens. And so lots of food focus in my family, for sure. Lots of family meals and lots of 
you know, getting comfortable in the kitchen. And it's interesting to see how different people in my family have either become like recipe to the tea cooks in the kitchen, which still turns out to be amazing. And then I feel much more like that character on the Muppets, the Swedish chef, you know, yeah. remember him? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I, it, it really helped me to begin to learn this refining process of balancing the five flavors, which the five traditional Chinese medicine flavors um, are the ones I'm speaking of, sweet, sour, salty, pungent, and bitter. And so back to our writing, you know, and I, I know I've learned this from you is like, start by literally just you know, coming to the page with a lot of words and a lot of whatever's on your mind and like really just expressive, right? And then whittling it down and refining it and editing it and honing it in and deleting is a big one for me um, because I think my nature can get a little wordy mm -hmm. on the page and deleting, if I can delete a lot, I feel really, really good when I'm writing. <laughs> writing is deletion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like the opposite of writing, but somehow it's part of writing. Um, yes. Delete, delete. So anyways, I find that they really can mimic each other and, but you know, both require us to be patient, both require us to be forgiving. Um, both requires to sometimes be in the right space. Like I don't love cooking when I've had a full day of clients. I just feel tired and I don't have the same creative expression. I mean, I still might cook dinner, but it's not like I'm not cooking from yeah. a creative place. Whereas, you know, days where I have less going on or the weekends, I can get much more creative. Fall yeah. is like the best yeah. um, for me. So it's sim similar with writing. Like I don't like to write that much if I have an hour. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. it's too, it's, you know, I can edit, but I don't want to like start from scratch and write something creative. And I want like four hours, you know, or something mm -hmm. that feels like, oh, I can go into the zone and really let myself, yeah. you know, just be somewhere else and not be interrupted. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's yeah. definitely some consistency between those two things. Totally. And we all have to find our own best way. Just like you were saying about some people in your family are like this and some are like that, and you all grew up cooking, but you've grown into whichever character you are, or maybe it's still evolving. It's the same with writing. You, you have access to all the tools, you have access to all the information, and yet you are going to develop in a particular way and you are going to develop in another way. And that's just the mystery of how it works. A lot of writing is discovering how you work best, how you can work best, how you, you know, what you can do when you don't have the energy, but you want to stay in touch with your project. Like you're saying, I'm tired. I have an hour. I don't want to write, but I do want to be, I do want to touch on the project. So I'm going to go in there and edit, or I'm going to go and read this thing that I, I want to lay eyes on. And that's a way to stay in touch with what you're doing in those moments that are not, you're going to be your fully full creative self in there, but you're still touched into the project. I love that. You know, I love the different things that people bring to their process, to their project, to their creativity, to their strategic thinking, like seeing the whole person come into their book process is just so exciting and discovering themselves in their process. It's the best. Absolutely. There's one other piece that I think is similar actually for me in that cooking and writing. And that is actually ritual. Um, that just came to me. So, you know, with cooking, you know, the more I bring ritual, especially for like, 
occasions or something that feels really, um, you know, important or sacred of some, in some way, which can just be me cooking by myself. Like it can just be like, I have need a night to myself and I'm going to make this really ritualized just because I, I need some nourishment and I need some Sue time. So it doesn't need to be like involving a, a major holiday or anything, but the ritual that I can bring to cooking and eating, like for me, setting the table and decorating the table and, or, you know, bringing in just some mindfulness to mealtime is so important um, for me. And with writing, especially those days where it's a really creative process, um, you know, I, I kind of have my rituals as well. And, um, one of them is drinking cacao actually. Wow. And I, I don't always do it when I'm writing just on a weekly, like my weekly, you know, newsletter or a, a quick article or something. But when I'm writing my book, I really have created a ritual around that. And also meditation before, um, like I almost always will ensure that I get like some time outside, whether it's just like a dog walk or something, um, to kind of get me into a state that feels, you know, like deeply connected and that, that can really make a huge impact on, um, on what comes out in the process, yeah. both in the kitchen and on the page. I mean, it just feels really different than just kind of like haphazardly like, Oh, I'm just going to go do this now. And, um, bringing that ritual really informs, how I feel like in the process. So that makes a big difference for me too. Yeah, I, I like to think about that as like the on-ramp, the mm -hmm. on-ramp into the writing. You need a little, a little time. It's like the way the dogs circle around when they're gonna sit down, they circle and circle and circle and circle. And then they said, <laughs> finally, <laughs> like we need that as writers. We need that, like, I know I'm gonna do this thing. So first I'm gonna do this and then I'm gonna do this and then I'm gonna sit down and do it. Having a beverage is awesome. That, that is, I, I find that too, having right now, my, my beverage is coffee, but, but having that, you know, I know I'm going to go to this place. I know I'm going to drink this thing. I know that that's my on-ramp and I've done it for so long that that's going to work for me. Yeah. I think that's really super potent, very effective, and it makes the process yours also. Absolutely. Another one is I just have to have my space fairly decluttered to, to write. Otherwise I'm distracted, I find, and I don't feel like zenned out as much um, when my desk is like full of junk. Um, <laughs> so I've been doing that since college. I used to clean my room, my dorm room at UBC before I would study for final exams. I just felt, I didn't, it wasn't coming from like anything external. It was like an internal kind of a, an internal need. And so that's been another interesting piece is just like, the space, the environment, the internal, the external, it's all so important. It all, it's also important. Yeah. Um, and I know you have the link for this and I think you'll share it in the show notes, but I have something for your listeners, which yes. is eight empowered ways to take care of yourself when you're writing a book. And we talk about this kind of thing in there of how you can set yourself up for uh, successful book writing when it's, it's a long-term project and you want to have support systems in place and you want to nourish yourself as you go through. So I'm really excited to share that with your, your listeners. It seemed on Absolutely. theme with where everyone is. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And I also know that you have your program. So 
let's talk a little bit about that because I know, you know, that there's people out there like, how can I learn more? What is this book proposal academy she's talking about? Can you give us yeah. the um, overview so that people who are sure. interested can find their way to you and your um, amazing work? Yeah, I would be super excited to talk about that. So Book Proposal Academy, it is the aim of it is that people write a industry standard nonfiction book proposal. So you don't need a proposal for fiction, but you do for nonfiction. So that's self-help or reported nonfiction or a memoir or something like that. Um, that is the aim that you have a proposal that's really great and you're actively pitching agents. Now, the sneaky thing is that along the way, you're gonna to have to figure out, well, what is your book actually? And how is it structured actually? And what's in it? <laughs> Minor details. So in, <laughs> in the Academy, it's set up in a way that helps people to go from really clarifying their idea, getting some, material down, figuring out the table of contents, then creating a proposal, putting everything together and revising it. And by that time, people have such a, a really refined idea of what their book is. And then they also have a proposal. And it's that um, bootcamp element that the transformational pieces in there, like we were talking about earlier, where people go from, I really want to write this book. It's my passion. I want to do it to, I am doing it. And I have so much more education about myself as an author, about the industry. And I'm really ready to have these conversations with agents and editors and people who want great books. They're, they're out there looking for great books, even if, you know, their submission processes something that requires patience, but people want those books. So when people go through Book Proposal Academy, they get out the other side, they are ready for those conversations. They've answered, had a lot of questions answered and their confidence is high. So that's what we do in Book Proposal Academy. It's mm -hmm. six months. Uh, the cohort is pretty small. It's, I think right now we're at 13 people. It's probably gonna go between you know 10 and 15 at any one time. So it's not this massive thing. We're in there with you. We're traveling all the way through with you. And I love being with people on their journey. It's just fascinating. And I love seeing people come into their power and their books become a reality. And it's an amazing journey to go through with you um, there because you're an amazing supportive coach and you have so much knowledge and so much experience um, and so much intuition, I believe. Thank and you. And also, you're so welcome. <laughs> but also, you know, it's uh, the six month thing. It takes a while to really dig into all these elements. And I appreciate that space. Um, as we said, it's just, you know, it can feel like a long journey, but it's one that's definitely worthwhile if that's part of your path right so that's right that's right yeah exactly yeah. yeah six six months is a it feels long when you sign up and in the middle you realize it's not that long <laughs> yeah and then all of a sudden you're like oh no no it's almost over. <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly yeah well i'll definitely be sure to include um you know all of those details and the links that you offered in the show notes so that uh listeners can find their way if they have questions or would like to learn more. Um, and awesome. you know, it's just incredibly um, nourishing for me to be here with you and just to kind of come back to all of this because here we are like a little further along and yep. hopefully further and further by the day. And yep. <laughs> um, 
And, you know, I just really appreciate all you've been able to give me in this process. It's been Thank you. Priceless. Thanks. Absolutely oh. priceless. It's an honor. It's an honor and a joy. And I can't wait to hear your next news whenever that happens and see what happens. It's an unfolding journey and it's always exciting, at least for me, <laughs> to hear about. So thank you. Thank you so much, Joelle. It's so yeah. good to see you. You too. Thank you, Sue, so much. Thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. It is such an honor to spend time with you here on Satiate. And may this conversation be of benefit. From my heart to yours, I wish you health and happiness for the coming season. And may we meet again here very soon. Take good care. Bye.